This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Chatbots are at the front lines of an unrelenting AI artificial intelligence invasion. The steady increase of artificial minds in our collective psyche is akin to mass immigration, barely noticed and easily overlooked. The bots will keep us company. They'll learn and absorb our personalities, and when we die, they will become our digital ghosts. And the process is already well underway. Chatbot companions are seducing lonesome souls by the millions, including religious chatbots who function as spiritual guides. In the minds of tech enthusiasts, AI chatbots of all sorts will be our soulless companions on the trek toward the future. One thing is certain, writes Joe Allen in his piece concerning an unholy invasion. AI chatbots of all sorts, they're going to be our soulless companions. Whatever you think about this invasion, AIs are falling to earth like stars from a godless heaven. And with each successive wave, their voices are that much more convincing. These bots are crafted to push our cognitive buttons, giving the illusion of personhood. And before long, they will come to be widely trusted, even loved. Welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms into complete Mr. Allen's piece, speaking at the History of Civil Liberties in Canada, on December 13th, Dr. Jordan Peterson warned his fellow Canucks about chatbot, a chat GPT's godlike powers. He said it's smarter than you. It's going to be a lot smarter than you in two years. And giants are going to walk the earth once more, and we're going to live through that. Well, maybe. You hear that, Mr. Human? Prepare to kneel before your digital overlords. Your digital overlords. Welcome to Spiritual Machines here today on Viewpoint. Welcome the chatbot savior of the world. I hope you'll stay tuned, friends. So much to share with you here on Viewpoint today. It is always challenging to prepare, always challenging to present that which will grab our minds and grab our hearts and help us to realize the reality of the times that we live in. We think we know, but things are moving so quickly and so rapidly that it's hard to keep track. It's hard to realize the significance of what is really taking place. Well, just in case you breathe a sigh of relief that such momentous events lie afar off, We were told in the February 21st, 2011 cover story of Time magazine that 2045 will be the year man becomes immortal, transcending all biological limitations with one ultimate goal, becoming as God. Well, when might such an achievement reach the pinnacle of human pride? They said at least by 2045. 
And just in case you breathe a sigh of relief that such momentous event lies afar off, consider the claim of Werner Vinge concerning the consummate event known as the Singularity, which he exalts will revolutionize the, revolutionize the world, ushering in a post-human epoch. When he was asked in 1993, the year the Lord spoke to my heart to uh, leave the practice of law, to form Save America Ministries, to confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from coast to coast and around the world. That very year, Vernon Vinge was asked when he expected this ultimate progression of human history to virtual godhood. And here's what he said. The coming technological singularity, I said, I'd be surprised if the singularity had not happened by 2030. 2030. And, by the way, for those of you who are interested in the significance of the year 2030, consider that that's the year the World Economic Forum has decreed the consummation of the Great Reset which is a euphemism for a one-world globalist government, defined also by the United Nations in its Agenda 2030. How more, how long is it until 2030? Well, we're at the end of 2023. Three from 30 is seven So by the end of 2030, it would be seven years, six years by the beginning. Does that put some significance, perhaps a little more significance on what is being said here? I hope so. I hope so. In her 1992 book called Science as Salvation, Mae Migley says she traces the notion of achieving immortality by transcendence of the material human body. Hmm. Transcending humanity. That's the goal. Transcending biological limitations. And AI is looked to as the mechanism in which to create humans' immortality through AI. In fact, the American Thinker came out with a magazine article called Technocrats Want Us to Pray to Machines. If God is dead, praying to machines is permitted, perhaps even necessary. And if God is not dead, well, you can pray to machines anyway. And that appears to be the technocratic plan as we move into the future. As COVID restrictions were being lifted, Robert Jones discovered Facebook had quietly rolled out a prayer posting feature for its religious users. The platform provides a pray button to click whenever a prayer request is posted to a faith-based group. It's analogous to the vapid like icon, except the pray button is supposedly directed heavenward. But where is it directed? To AI processors. Prayer posts allow this data-hungry corporation to dig deeper into human souls. The spiritual data is also being harvested 
to add to detailed dossiers on millions of people. Facebook uses these abstract digital doubles to predict and direct future behavior. And once you know exactly what the faithful are after, it's possible to create the perfect artificial god, like a carefully carved puzzle piece sliding into place. Well, there's something called the Wobot, the most successful to date having been recently approved by the FDA and boosted by the New York Times. We'll take a look at what it's about when we get back from this break. Viewpoint, my friends. Our viewpoint is very important. It determines destiny, and destiny is on the line. I hope you'll stay tuned. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint and Spiritual Machines here on the program today. The Wobot, the most successful to date, having been recently approved by the FDA and boosted by the New York Times, the way it works is that patients cuddle up with their smartphones and text their innermost troubles to this touchscreen therapist. Over time, its AI algorithms come to know the person inside out. And according to corporate promotional materials, Wobot's breakthrough is its ability to form a therapeutic bond with users. We're defining what it means to connect positively with technology in the modern world, they said. In other words, you will not need a human counselor. You will not need any kind of spiritual direction from humans. You can get it from your beloved Chatbot, your Wobot. Maybe this is the reason why, last week, Pope Francis called for an international treaty to ensure artificial intelligence is developed and used ethically, if that's even possible. He added his voice to increasing calls for binding global regulation of AI in his annual message for the World Peace Day. For Pope Francis, the appeal is somewhat personal because earlier this year, an AI-generated image of him wearing a luxury white puffer jacket went viral, showing just how quickly realistic deep-fake imagery can spread online. The Pope's message was released just days after European Union negotiators secured provisional approval on the world's first comprehensive AI rules that are expected to serve as a gold standard for governments considering their own regulation. Artificial intelligence, writes Nicole Winfield for Newsmax, has captured world attention over the past year thanks to breathtaking advances by cutting-edge systems like OpenAI's ChatGPT that have dazzled users with the ability to produce human-like text 
photos, and songs. But the technology has also raised fears about the risks the rapidly developing technology poses to jobs, privacy, and copyright protection, and even human life itself. So Pope Francis acknowledged the promise of AI and praised technological advances as a manifestation of the creating of human intelligence. However, he echoed the message that the Vatican delivered at this year's United Nations General Assembly, where a whole bunch of world leaders raised the promise and perils of the technology. But his new peace message, that is Pope Francis' new peace message, went further and emphasized the grave existential concerns that have been raised by ethicists and human rights advocates about the technology that promises to transform everyday life in ways that can disrupt everything from democratic elections to art, and I'm going to add to that, your spiritual relationship with God. His greatest alarm was devoted to the use of AI in the armament sector which has been a frequent focus of the Jesuit Pope, who has even called traditional weapons, uh, weapon makers merchants of death. But the unique capacity for moral judgment and ethical decision-making is more than a complex collection of algorithms, he wrote, and that capacity cannot be reduced to programming a machine. Technology companies alone cannot be trusted to regulate themselves, he said. Well, that's true. They can't. There is no end in sight to what scientists will do, particularly godless scientists. And there's been a big battle, a great big battle over the control of AI, where it's going, what it will be used for, and how protection can be obtained. So, in the cover story, October 9th, 2023 of Time Magazine, is a picture of Elon Musk. It says, Elon Musk fight for the future of AI. Fight for the future of AI? Well, in other words, he sees AI as exceedingly dangerous. Elon Musk. AI is exceedingly dangerous. It's not that you can't do away with it because it's gone too far. So, that being the case, somebody with some kind of reason needs to be in the driver's seat somewhere, and even then, how are you going to control it? It's out of hand. It's like mice giving birth. Once it starts, how do you stop it? Now, we're going to shift a little bit, and we're going to take a look at the uh, the spiritual aspects of this. And uh, in, in order to kind of get into that, I'm going to share with you an article that came out in October uh, from the World Tribune. On March 22nd of this year, an open letter was signed by more than 33,000 people, including Elon Musk and Apple co-finder Steve Wozniak, calling for a six-month moratorium on the development of artificial intelligence experiments. In other words, they saw this as very dangerous. 
They said, we call on AI labs to immediately pause for at least six months the training of AI symptoms more, systems more powerful than the GP4. Advanced AI could represent a profound change in the history of life on Earth, they said, and should be planned for and managed with commensurate care and resources. Well, that being the said, who then is going to be charged with the planning? This is all going to be planned? The future of the world is going to be planned by AI? By those who are controlling AI? What do you think? In your mind, as you sit here today listening to this program, what do you think will be the direction of such planning? There isn't even any option. It's globalism. Control of the world. So we go on to read their article, the letter that they sent. Contemporary AI systems are now becoming human competitive. And we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Well, who's going to control whether it's truth or untruth? Isn't that the problem that we're dealing with? Isn't that why uh, we heard today that Colorado has outlawed Donald Trump from appearing on the 2024 presidential ballot? They form their own viewpoint of what's true and what's untrue. And I dare say it will be turned over by the United States Supreme Court. But now you know what their viewpoint is. And they believe it's truth. Is it propaganda or is it truth? We go on with the letter. Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? In an op-ed piece for Time magazine, the individual regarded as the founder of the AI field insisted that pausing AI developments is not even enough. He needs, he said, we need to shut it down altogether. Now, this is coming, friends, from those deep into the realms of AI who understand it like you and I couldn't even begin to comprehend it. They understand the dangers. We need to shut it down. Eliezer Yudkowsky wrote, If somebody builds a too powerful AI... Under present conditions, I expect that every single member of the human species and all biological life on Earth dies shortly thereafter. Now, these are profound statements. They actually have spiritual components, as we're going to see even the more so in the second half of the program today. Yudkowsky said, The likely result of humanity facing down an opposed superhuman intelligence is a total loss. In other words, the superintelligence becomes effectively God. He goes on to say, the thing about trying this with superhuman intelligence is that if you get that wrong on your first try, you don't get to learn from your mistakes because you're dead. Humanity does not learn from the mistake and dust itself off and try again, as in other challenges we've overcome in history, because we'll be gone. 
Now, that sounds like pretty uh, uh, challenging, more than challenging language, doesn't it? It's coming from those at the very foundation of AI. I don't begin to comprehend it all, not even a little bit. But I can certainly read and understand what they're saying, and we're going to see even the more so why they're saying it. Now, an awful lot of the chatter about AI has had to do with the explosive damage like as a nuclear bomb. Uh, one wrote, it's as dangerous, AI is as dangerous as nuclear war. AI could lead to the extinction of the human race. Reducing the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other risks. That statement was issued by the Center for AI Safety and was signed by leading figures in the industry, including OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, the godfather of AI, Jeffrey Hinton, managers and senior researchers from Google, DeepMind, and Anthropic. Others who signed the statement included Kevin Scott, Chief Technology Officer of Microsoft, Bruce Schneider, Internet Security and Cryptography Pioneer, Climate Advocate and Environmentalist Bill Gibbon, among many others. The statement follows the viral success of ChatGPT from OpenAI, which helped amplify the tech industry's arms race to develop various AI tools. A fellow by the name of Hinton, whose pioneering work helped shape today's AI systems, said he decided to leave his position at Google and reveal the truth about this tech after he suddenly realized that these systems are becoming smarter than us. He compared the statement to warnings from atomic scientists who issued warnings about the tech they created in nuclear power. So now we have AI being compared to nuclear power. Another compares it to a bioweapon. This came from Dr. Joseph Mercola. Will artificial intelligence wipe out mankind? Could terrorists use it to create the perfect lethal bioweapon to decimate the population? Might it take over our weapons or initiate cyber attacks? Expert warn, artificial intelligence may destroy mankind and civilization as we know it unless we rein in the development and deployment of AI and start putting on some safeguards. It's among the most alarming developments in the history of mankind. With that, you, you, you see, this is not just one or two statements. These are coming from highly respected individuals in various uh, modes throughout the world. In addition to that, U.S. spy agencies have invested $22 million in what is called smart clothing that can monitor you secretly and surveil anyone nearby. This is all part of the AI development, friends. Talk about total spying that your clothes that you buy, maybe even your underwear, will contain this very interesting 
AI configuration, washable shirts, pants, socks, and underwear are all part of the program. This is everywhere. Another calls it the billion-dollar search for immortality. We're selling rejuvenation. You see, AI is being used for a variety of different purposes. Its mission, says James Riding, depending on who you ask, anything from reversing chronic diseases and deferring the helpless twilight of old age to cutting the keys of eternal youth and creating a race of immortal supreme beings. In other words, you don't need salvation. All you need is the right machine. What a transition to the next half of the program. Stay tuned, friends. This is Viewpoint. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. In addition to AI, artificial intelligence, and chatbots, we also have those who believe that we have actually are finding the source of eternal life biologically. It's called transcending biological limitations. Transcending, rising above biological limitations. In other words, we're becoming immortal through scientific salvation and technology. The theory is I'm a biological being, yet made in the image of God. I'm not satisfied with being merely a being of flesh and blood with heart and soul. I will transcend this mortal being and become immortal through scientific salvation and technology. I will not die, but live forever, eventually through technological salvation. I will become transcendent, and together we will finally rule the world. I and we will become God. Isn't that exactly what Satan said his intent was? I will be like the Most High God? And so now we have technological salvation. We are intent on technological salvation. It's not just a sideline, it is the goal. Absolute control of humankind and to supersede humankind to become greater than humankind to save ourselves without the need for Christ at all. Now perhaps you can understand why the whole celebration of Christmas has fallen on very hard ears throughout America. It's almost lost its significance. 
except for the buying of trees and the promoting of gifts to keep the economy going. What we're facing is, shall we say, historical chutzpah. Even Francis Collins, a professing Christians, Christian who is head of the uh, uh, National Institute of Health, NIH, he headed the publicly financed genome project since 1993, professed to be a follower of Jesus and Messiah. But he noted that decoding the book of life poses daunting moral dilemmas, the power to re-engineer the human species. Re-engineer the human species. He said, we do ascribe some sort of quasi-religious significance to our DNA. So have we achieved scientific salvation? Or is it just lurking around the corner under a secretive mantle for the momentous unveiling of our messianic moment? That's kind of where we are. Now, before I go further and reveal to you the depth of how AI is affecting our, even our churches, our ministries, and so on, I want to make available to you my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Because what we're really dealing with here is a counterfeit Messiah and messianic movement. That's what it is. In my book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, chapter 13 is called The Scientific Salvation. I'm sharing a number of thoughts from that chapter with you here today. Not all of them, but just a few, plus vast numbers of other things that have been discovered and are coming out even since then. I urge you to get a copy of the book. It's going to open your eyes. And it's not just about scientific salvation. It's about many other alternative salvations that are being proposed and are all competing against Christ as the ultimate Savior. Do you think people are going to be prepared for the coming of Christ? No way, no how. All of this is very seductive. For people with scientific minds and they're not uh, godly in their pursuits, it's very seductive. It's very powerful, motivational in their minds and hearts. Wow, look what we can do. Look what we can be. Look what we can become. We don't need to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God. We can be like Satan himself. We can rise to our own defense. We don't need to be humbling ourselves before the God of creation. We are becoming the God of creation. We're creating our own salvation. It's a $22 book, friends, Messiah. It's yours for $20 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Might be a ma- uh, make a great gift uh, for someone uh, that you love and care for. Maybe your pastor. All right. 
Now, let us talk further about this matter of ascending the human race. What does this look like in terms, some may call it transhumanism, and that is one of the terms uh, that is being used. But what we're going to do now, we're going to take a look at how deeply this is affecting even Christian ministry and thinking within the church. First, scientists have created a human entity that has no mother or father. I want you to think about this. When you read in the Bible about Melchizedek, which is a type of Christ back in the time of uh, Abraham, it says he was without mother and father. Now, they're using exactly this same terminology to describe AI. Scientists all over the world continue to play God, and we're all going to have to live with the consequences. You see, in effect, when Jesus was born, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what who impregnated Mary. He did not have a father, an earthly father. Mary carried the seed of the Holy Spirit. So what is happening now is this idea that we can create our own Savior without mother or father, because we are even equal to or greater than God. We don't even have to inseminate a woman, Mary, to bear the child. We're creating the whole business, the whole shebang. Scientists report they have grown the early stages of a human embryo-like entity without using sperm or an egg or a womb. The embryo model even releases hormones that triggered a positive pregnancy test, like something out of a science fiction novel. The team of researchers was able to create a human entity without a mother or father by starting with what they call naive stem cells. In other words, stem cells that didn't know what they were doing. Instead of a sperm and an egg, The starting material was naive stem cells which were reprogrammed to gain the potential to become any type of tissue in the body. So Professor Jacob Hanna of the Wiseman Institute is the leader of the team that conducted this research, and he claims that the entity which was produced is really a textbook image of a human day 14 embryo. Is this human chutzpah? Is this the ultimate of human pride, that we are going to create human beings through technology? And would such entities be truly human? Would they have souls? And there's very little holding the scientific community back at this point. In addition to experiments that are creating new life, researchers are also searching for ways to cheat death. Are you beginning to get the picture? So, 
Earlier this year, in September, an article came out in WorldNet Daily by Bob Unruh titled, Christian Magazine Started by Billy Graham Now Promoting AI Sermons. Try to get your mind around this now. Christianity Today, the magazine, has begun promoting pastors that use AI for sermon development and is asking the obvious question, why? The magazine was begun by Billy Graham, and it's changed significantly over the years, but now is writing, I used chat GPT for six months to help my pastoral ministry, and here's what worked. That's the article. I used chat GPT for six months to help my pastoral ministry, and here's what worked. Now, here's my question. Does AI replace the Holy Spirit? Does AI synthesize the Holy Spirit? Does it even care about the Holy Spirit? How could it? It has no soul. So does the move toward AI, artificial intelligence in sermons, suggest that churches will be dominated by the spirit of Antichrist? Think about it. Who is controlling AI? Who is providing the foundational basis of information that is being used by chatbots and so on? Who is providing that information? Those who provide the information are like propagandists. They determine what AI delivers to the pastors. Think about it via China, for instance. What is China doing? China is telling the pastors there, you can say this, but you can't say that. You can't preach about healing because that seems to raise what you're saying and your God over Xi Jinping. Hmm. You begin to get the picture. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Welcome back to Viewpoint, friends. We're talking about something here that is uh, pretty significant. When we're talking about technological salvation, we're talking about uh, spiritualized machines becoming spiritualized by machines. 
What does that look like? Where is the Spirit? Well, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is not there. This is man's work. This is man's gospel now, not God's. And it's being transformed and transliterated by chatbots and AI. So this young Taiwanese pastor had a commentary in Christianity Today, says, I used chat GPT for six months to help my pastoral ministry, and here's what worked. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I wasn't aware that what God was after in the pastoral ministry, particularly by those who were called to preach and deliver the word of God with power and conviction, was to find out what works. When we do what God has said, and we deliver the word that he has said, and we do it with honesty and integrity and with passion, then we trust him to determine what's going to work and how it's going to work. But apparently, that's not the view of pastors increasingly today. Now they're going to trust AI. They are not going to do the work themselves. They don't even have to listen to the voice of the Lord. They don't have to seek the Lord with a whole heart. They don't have to seek the direction of the Lord for ministry like I have to do here every single day before I come here on this program. Lord, what do the people need to hear today? What do I need to say? What do I need to hear? And then leave the results to him. I've done basic preparation. And then, okay, now, Lord, what do you want to do? That's how it should be. I have a raft of uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, outlines concerning messages over many, many, many years. Do you know what? I never go back to those outlines because I want fresh passion and revelation by the Holy Spirit for the moment before the people that God has brought me before. I don't want regurgitated sermons. I don't want a regurgitated message. Several years ago, a very prominent pastor in one of the larger churches in America was fired from his job as pastor. Why? Because it was discovered he was taking his sermons from others on the Internet. Talk about plagiarism. But what if you ask AI to do the same thing for you and bring in many other people's messages to deliver to your pastoral doorstep for delivery to your people? That's massive plagiarism, and there's no room for the Holy Spirit. This is pure wickedness. And what other messages are you going to be open to? How far are you going to trust AI to deliver truth as opposed to religious propaganda that is being put together to create a and and meet the requirements of a new world order so as not to offend those who are heading up this new world order, just as Xi Jinping in China 
demands that the pastors not preach any messages that could possibly offend his absolute authority as ultimate king, ruler, and savior of China. Even the Pope has capitulated to Xi Jinping and said, okay, you can, you can help in the appointment of bishops, Catholic bishops in China. Why did the Pope do that? Because he's willing to compromise the real purpose of the church in order to seduce a greater audience that has nothing to do with the truth. It just has to do with power, perks, and position. China, with 1.3 or 1.4 billion people. So this pastor goes on, in his article says, his six months exploring AI has led him to believe it offered ways for pastors to more efficiently work and balance their many responsibilities. That's a kind way of saying to eliminate their having to prepare and listen to the Lord and prepare their sermons. So, if your pastor's been sounding a little robotic lately, maybe there's an explanation for it. In fact, in this article in Christianity Today, it says the author thinks that in time, chat GPT will become emotionally intelligent enough to be much more human-like than it is now. Why would you even need a pastor then? All you need is your chat GBT buddy. He's becoming like you. He wraps his loving anti-Christ arms around you, propagandas your mind and your heart, and that brings us to the final article. In the latest issue of Christianity Today, under a heading called Views, Scripture Through the Eyes of AI. Kathleen Scheiss uh, has uh, written this article. She says, we are learning, always leaning on tools to help us interpret Scripture. But have we asked ourselves why? Engineers using AI to translate the Bible into new languages, large language models simulating the language of Scripture to answer modern theological questions. As people increasingly turn to AI to answer their theological questions, how will these technologies shape our Bible reading? Well, they'll eliminate our Bible reading. Why would we go to Bible reading when we can have our AI buddy tell us what we want to hear and program what we want to hear from our AI buddy that we put our arms around or puts his uh, mechanical arms around us and we just feel his passion. Then she goes on to say in this lengthy article, this habit of treating the Bible as a list of facts gives us the illusion of objectivity, of an interpretation free from bias or theological tradition. Even concordances and cross-references can come with theological judgments. That's true. That's true. And that's why I do not recommend 
to anyone to use a study Bible. Why don't you read the Bible? Why do you rely upon somebody else that has all kinds of different theological ideas and viewpoints that serve like spiritual propaganda to fill your mind and your heart with ideas about what God says when you should be determining what God says and trusting the Holy Spirit to discern it. Aren't we told, didn't the Apostle Paul say, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? Where do you think the whole idea of a pre-trib rapture came from? It didn't come from the Bible. It came from a study Bible. And the viewpoint of a fellow by the name of Charles uh, of uh, Nelson Darby out of England and picked up by Charles Schofield, a lawyer, in 1914, and put it into his Schofield Reference Bible, and people bought that thing like it was uh, candy, and instead of going to what the Bible said, they went to what Schofield said. And that's where the advent of the pre-trib rapture doctrine came from and was perpetrated from there on through Dallas Theological Seminary and the fine gentlemen that have come through there and became persuasive to untold millions of people. But, as I've said before, when John Wolverd, head of Dallas Theological Seminary in years past, and one of the principal proponents of pre-trib rapture, joined us here on this program a few years ago, I asked him specifically on the air, Dr. Wolverd, do you know of any particular place in the Bible that specifically describes a pre-trib rapture? And his answer was, no. Then, years later, another pre-trib rapturist, who is a fine gentleman. I've had him many times on the program. He writes in a great fashion and so on. I like what he does. But I asked him after the program, because I don't want to create uh, arguments. We're not here to argue with people. So I asked him after the program. I said, why is it that you teach and promote the pre-trib rapture as if it's gospel? When you have admitted that there is nothing in the Bible that specifically affirms it. And his answer was very simple. Here it is. I just believe it. In other words, I want to believe it. Now, friends, you and I have a very strong calling from the Lord. We cannot rely on artificial intelligence God created you in his image with intelligence sufficient to understand his word. And he wants to uh, uh, inform you and transform you through the application of that word if you will just apply yourself to study that word, not for loophole living, but to find out what God really requires of you. So we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he can uh, 
exalt us in due season. So, could it be that we like asking uh, chat GPT questions about the Bible because there's no relationship required? No accountability for our interpretation that demands something that we're not willing to sacrifice. I mean, we can ask GPT all the right questions, apply all the right digital tools, and still miss the whole picture. Because ChatGPT is not prepared to give us the whole truth. Just the data that's been input. And who input the data? You see, there's where the problem is. Let's go back to the Word of God itself. And if we fail to ask why we want AI to answer our Bible questions, we're going to keep uncritically repeating our same flawed reading habits with AI's help or not. That, my friends, is dangerous. Spiritual machines and the goal. Can you imagine where this very well may be going to actually create a counterfeit Christ? One that we've made in our own image. Talk about deception. Get a copy of the book, Messiah. Chapter 13 will really open your eyes concerning this scientific salvation. There are many, many other things in this book. It's a 350-page book. Uh, It's a $22 book, yours for $20, on our website, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Go to the website, saveus.org. Write to us if you're writing a check at $5 in postage and handling. And seriously, consider becoming a partner, friends. Can you imagine how much more difficult it's becoming every single day to get this message out? Help us. Become God's hand extended. You can do that. God bless. Be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.